And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, oh, won't you watch wrestling? Oh, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. You know there's no reason to do that. But money in the bank. There's there's money, money and it's it's in a money, bank. Money, 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 money. Dollar, dollar. Dollar, dollar. Here comes the money. Is he? Is he in this uh, pay-per-view? He is. What's he doing? What's the? What is the greatest wrestler in the world, Shane McMahon, doing at Money in the Bank this weekend? Well, Doc Manson at Doc Manson, I'll tell you because uh, Money in the Bank is in a few short days. Uh, Shane McMahon is wrestling in a steel cage match against The Miz. Okay. As long as there's something for him to jump off of, I'm happy. The question is, where will Mr. Miz be? Where will Daddy Miz be? Because he has to get involved, right? He has to. I don't think he has to get involved. I don't think he has to pose. I mean, maybe he could be ringside and just get slapped on the way in. I don't know. (laughs) Shane just runs by, slaps him in the face. Yeah, you know. Just to Uh, really, uh, you know, strike home that he's a bad dude and you don't want to mess with the money. But yes, there's uh, there's quite a bit going on at Money in the Bank. There are 11 matches, if you count the two that are on the pre-show. And I don't. Uh, then there's nine matches. Ah, okay. Um, I'm assuming one of those two pre-show matches is a cruiserweight title of some kind? Yeah. Yeah. And But in this case, I'm like, you know, when Buddy Murphy was the cruiserweight champion, I believed that his matches should have been on the main card. Why? But now, because Buddy Murphy's amazing, and he has very good matches. Uh, Tony Nice versus Arya Davari isn't setting my hair on fire. Hey, hey, did you hear about the latest NXT signing? Drew Gulak? It, that's not what I was talking about, but wasn't oh. Drew Gulak already employed by the WWE? Yes, I was saying Drew Gulak came out at um on NXT this week to watch Kushida, fairly new signing Japanese star Kushida with his bubble vest and his looking like Marty McFly. Um Are you talking about DJ Z? I am talking about DJ Z. Zima Ion, do you remember Zima Ion, or were you not watching Impact by that point? I have no idea. I believed up until recently that Zima Ion was a beverage uh, from when we were younger. Uh, This guy has zero charisma. He is a high flyer, and he's also the guy who flew off the top rope to the outside and landed directly on top of Jesse Sorensen and broke his neck and ended his career. Oh. So this is this is going to be good for everybody is what I'm this hearing. guy like the, I, the thing that I realized when I saw that signing is, OK, it's happened. Uh, WWE in the form of NXT has signed all of the good talents that there is to sign. Don't get me wrong. There's other good wrestlers out there, but they're otherwise occupied at this point. Apparently, that's all they can get is DJ Z. And that's not. It had to happen sooner or later. You know, they had to eventually run out of talent to sign and it has happened. That's all. That's my point. Well, I imagine if Lucha Underground is really and truly done, it I is. imagine that at some point they will go grab King Cuerno and they'll make a run at Helico or Aerostar. You got to figure at some point they want uh, Pentagon and Phoenix. Didn't Angelico just sign with AEW? That's not going to last, though. Like, you know, we can talk AEW. There's a lot that's been going on with AEW. The The official price of the pay-per-view has been um, announced. Has it? I didn't it see has. that. When was that? 
I, I got it tweeted to me, some link that, you know, it is definitely going to be forty nine ninety nine. But I don't again, whether or not it hasn't that, actually that was announced. from that was from Mitchell. Mitchell sent me something today well, he's that wrong. said Okay, well, I didn't say it. Yeah. Well just we saying. Love, we love our besties. Did, um, I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to actually read because where did it let me see if I can find the tweet. With more than media, the official cost will be four nine ninety five. The price may seem steep, but I don't actually see. This is what's being reported as the news, but I don't actually see anywhere where it was officially announced. They're saying it's official, but I don't. From what I saw, from what I saw, because they have announced their TV deal um, with Warner and TNT, it's being talked about that part of the that deal is that they're going to have to offer the pay-per-view price at traditional prices. But I haven't actually seen them announce that. I haven't seen A&W come out and say it. Now, that said, the fact that they haven't come out and said anything, the fact they haven't made a big deal about the price, I'll admit, does point towards this actually being true. But I feel like until someone from AEW actually says it, I I don't know. But that said, if it is $49.95, I will not be watching. That's too steep of a price for 2019. I don't think that, uh, I don't know about you, but yeah, no, for me, it's, it's too much. What about you? I'm not the person to ask about this because 1499 probably was going to be too steep for me because you there's are such a cheap ass. <laughs> there's not I we've talked about this before. There's not a ton on this card. You know, I'm interested. Yeah, but, come on, but 15, I'm fifteen dollars matches aside, whatever. You're witnessing the potential birth of the next competitor to the WWE for fifteen dollars. That is worth being at least saying. I participated in that history. I was curious to check it out to say I could be there from the beginning. You know what I mean? Like to me, I'll be on, I'll be on bones. I'll be on Twitter for it. I'll see all of the comments and things. It's one of those things. Okay. Let me ask you, let me ask you this question. Yeah. I'll pay $15. Mm -hmm. Can I watch it anytime I want? Or do I only, am I only allowed to watch it once and then I can't watch it anymore? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you again, know, you're, you've just gotten used to having video on demand. It's a different yes. service. I. It's one of those things. It's like you know your what? expectations. I'm, I think are skewed. That's. I mean, no oh, offense, I'm sure. but I'm absolutely sure they're skewed. That's not it, it, what you're buying. That you're 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 describing a, a cost benefit scenario that was never on the table. If you thought you were going to be able to watch a video on demand for in perpetuity whenever you want. This is but not this, the WWE Network. You've been spoiled by the network, and you can't expect that deal everywhere. Fine. Let me then treat it like an Amazon movie. I can rent an Amazon movie for $4.99, maybe $6.99. I can watch it anytime I want for 48 hours, and then I lose the rights to that. Can I watch this show for $6.99? I don't know. Probably not. But again, if you're talking about watching it through pay-per-view, you're being obtuse. You're purposely making a straw man argument. That was never the case. That wasn't the deal. That's never been the deal for pay-per-view matches. Now, that said, that said, I understand what you're saying. That is a convenience. Would I like to have that? Yes, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to berate you or put you down. Like I think what you're saying is perfectly valid. Okay, like you wanting that in 2019, that expectation. I think that's great. You're right. That's where it should be, especially if you're going to be charging me more than 9.99. Like I don't disagree with you at all, but at the same time. I think, and here's maybe, maybe this will bring us together a little bit. I, I was willing, the one-off, the, the company, it being new, wanting to get a taste of that, seeing what it's all about. That to me was worth the pay-per-view deal at, fi- at $14.99. But at $49.99? No. No, zero no, percent chance. And, and, I will, and I will admit, yes, I am being obtuse. And 
had it, if it honestly was $14.99, if they had said, look, for $15, you can watch this. Do I like Neville? I do. Do I like Pentagon and Phoenix from what I saw of them in Lucha Underground? I do. Chris Jericho, Dustin Rhodes. I'm reading Aja Kong, who was one of the great female wrestlers of the 90s, at least that I remember seeing. Yeah. I would spend $15. What I would probably do since it's a Saturday night is I would probably be like, hey, I'll pick up Chinese food on the way over. Right. Right. And I would probably invite myself over to Manson Manor <laughs> as I am wont to do and do that. that, the, would thing be that th- the thing that really bothers me about this is $49.95, I think, is too much for a pay-per-view. And you know how I am. I I liked, I like to say that I'm willing to pay – for something if i think it's worth it to me you know what i mean like but at this price the price that you want to charge for this honestly you're approaching being so out of touch like with the realities of this market that look i'm not saying that people should go out there and find a pirated stream of this but you're inviting that behavior by charging this amount you would have way more eyes on this product legitimate paying eyes if you had a lower price yeah and again this is this isn't their first pay-per-view but this is the first pay-per-view since becoming all elite wrestling since announcing you're going to be on tnt they're going to get nothing wasn't available was it no it was on pay yeah it was on pay-per-view you could go to maybe not maybe it was just an event and you just went I have no idea. It probably was streaming. What I'm what I'm saying is, there will be a number of people who will pay fifty dollars. Apparently, all or nothing is a lotto uh, thing. Um, They will pay the fifty dollars to see this, but only because it's the first one. If they're going to be like, "Look, we're going to have six of these a year for fifty dollars each," no one's. Well, that's not true. Many people who would normally do this aren't going to want to do that. So I'm interested in this in the long-term picture. It's great that they're going to be on TNT. It's great there's going to be additional wrestling content out there. That's fantastic. It's not fantastic if they don't make it obtainable for the casual audience, in my opinion. If you're gonna if you're gonna charge fifty dollars a pay per view, yeah, there are gonna be diehard people out there that are gonna get it, but you're never gonna get that groundswell of support that you need to thrive enough to carve out a part of this market for yourself. It's not yeah. gonna happen. That's it. I'm I'm interested to see what happens over. The, you know, I had posted something about you know being positive, and then I had wondered whether or not AEW. Um, was going to be able to sustain the ratings to stay on TNT. And Mitchell, the guy who told me about this, you know, essentially called me out on my hypocrisy because instead of celebrating the fact that they had made it onto this big network, I was saying, I'm not sure how long it's going to last. And he was like, TNA survived for a very long time. And I'm like, what channels has TNA been on? TNT is not pop TV or any Impact of that. was on Spike TV for a long time. It was. It and was. Spike is fairly comparable to a TNT. It's, it is smaller, but um, it's, it, it's not that small. I mean, TNT yeah. is bigger than USA Network. Yeah. So. It's, it's part of it's It's one of the flagships of the Turner empire and it's it to me i find it entertaining that ted turner's getting back into wrestling after all this time yeah in his own way so you know i i'm interested this is a net positive but if it's true that it is fifty dollars i can think of at least two fans who are not going to partake because unless you're having everybody over and saying hey bring 10 bucks with you we're not we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. not we're not go, getting back to money in the bank. Um, it's within 30, 40, an hour of us, depending on where we live. Uh, and we're not going. Right. Unless you're changing your mind since yesterday. If I'm changing my mind, I asked you if we were going and you said you're the one who said no. I popped not in. As you know. of yet, you said. 
I was I was in the neighborhood uh, and stopped in to Doc Manson's place of employment. We totally could podcast. I understand there's people next door who might find it odd that we're yelling about various things, but that is an I you know if that lab was empty, if we waited till you know eight nine p.m. We could totally podcast in that lab. Sure. With the fetal pigs and everything. You have awful acoustics in there, but um let, let's run through. I I'm not gonna ask you to tell me who all the champions are. I assume you don't know all of them. I assume um, that by now the universal champion is Roman Reigns. I false. assume that by now the Usos are tag team champions. False. I assume by now that the intercontinental champion is Dean Ambrose. And I assume, <laughs> I, I have no idea. Come on. Uh, all right. Uh, pre-show, you've got the cruiserweights. And oddly enough, I want to do some research on this. Um, the Usos are wrestling the SmackDown Tag Team Champions on the pre-show. The Tag Team Champions are Eric Rowan and Daniel Bryan. And I'm very curious to know, when was the last time Daniel Bryan wrestled on a pre-show? Certainly not in this run. Yeah, I have to imagine it was sometime before the Yes movement, maybe Hell No, maybe when Team Hell No was a thing. So we're talking the first time in five or six years. And even that- then, Team Hell No was fairly well regarded. I'm not even sure that that would have happened. But just yeah. I think it speaks to the state of tag team wrestling. Well, even the best someone f- like Daniel Bryan can't make it work. They've only been they they've held the titles only in the last two weeks, I think. Understood. So, yeah, I get well, you. And the Raw tag team champions, who are still Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Now um, that is crazy. If you had told me. They would still be champions. I I was convinced they were losing it the next night. Yeah. I'm like, they're going to lose it to the Viking experience and it'll be fine. Uh, But yeah, they're not even on the show. The the show itself. The Viking Raiders, you mean? Yeah. What did I say? Because now we have the pirate experience. The Kabuki Warriors? Yeah, the Kabuki experience. Isn't that what they call it? The Kabuki experience? They're the Kabuki Warriors. Ah, and everyone so they can be warriors, but you can't be a war raider. I think they're trying to capitalize on uh, Vikings. Apparently, the Norse are very big. <laughs> Tell that to the Highlanders. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I love that one of them went to a TNA show and got fired. <laughs> um. But yes, yeah, I know everyone took to Twitter to complain about the Kapugi Warriors and then Paige tweeted out, you know, they picked the name right. Everyone should relax. Yeah, I actually don't think it's that bad of a name. I kind of like it. No, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, U.S. champion Samoa Joe defending against Rey Mysterio. That match that only took a minute on at WrestleMania because Mysterio was injured. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more time. Nah. Uh, we've got the Miz versus Shane in a steel cage. Roman Reigns is wrestling Elias. Becky Lynch is defending both titles in two different matches, wrestling Lacey Evans on one and Charlotte on the other. So do you think she loses one or? The smart money would be that she beats Lacey, but then gets attacked by Lacey and then loses to Charlotte. But right. I don't know. I could yeah, I see know. her. I could see her losing both. I could see even her though she's both. on. Even though she's on the poster, I could see her keeping both. Yeah. So, um, world champion Kofi Kingston is wrestling Kevin Owens. That should be an excellent match. Yeah. Seth Rollins is wrestling AJ Styles for the Universal Title. That should be an excellent match. I mean, except the fact that Seth Rollins is in it. But yeah. Stop it. And <laughs> will you stop? <laughs> I was watching primetime wrestling. Okay. Uh, I'm totally Gorilla Monsoon. I'm just watching the two of them. And I'm like, I want so badly to be Bobby Heenan, but I am so clearly Gorilla Monsoon. I even have the tinted glasses. I'm like, uh-huh. yeah. 
it makes you feel any better. I'm not really Bobby Heenan either. Nobody is. No, that is true. But I think if we had to play the parts, you would be the one with the sequin jacket and I would be wearing the tuxedo shirt. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, man. If we ever go to like a wrestling event, we need to we need to be gorilla. Yeah, Yeah, we got to do some (laughs) cosplay. (laughs) I'm trying to imagine the conversation with my wife. You know how you said you never want me to shave ever? (laughs) I need to. <laughs> Do you ever want you to shave? No. Why not? She well, to be fair, I don't know that she's ever really seen me without it, but I think she's seen enough pictures to be like that's not who I married. I didn't Whatever. marry her. You're still the same person under those fuzzy cheeks. Uh uh that brings us to the uh, Money in the Bank matches themselves, both of which have undergone some changes since we last spoke. Um, Braun Strowman is out and Sami Zayn is in for the men. That sounds like a, well, I don't know. I was going to say it sounds like a positive change, but then I was going to say, well, that leaves us without any power people. But that's not true because Drew McIntyre's in there. Yeah. So. And Baron Corbin, who's also powerful. Stop it. And you today, stop. it was announced that Alexa Bliss is not cleared to compete, and so Nikki Cross will be in the women's Money in the Bank match. Can we just... I'm, I'm happy for Nikki Cross. I am too. Can we just accept the fact that Alexa Bliss is done? No. Like, she'll be a personality, she'll be a either a manager or something, but like... I'm, you know, again, if I had the energy to compile the stats, I have a feeling she's wrestled maybe like 10 matches in the last year. Feel like she gets injured all the time. I think I I honestly think she's struggling with some sort of concussion issue. She is. That's the the report anyway. So I don't know. She could need she might need some extended time off, but I don't think she's necessarily done. She has wrestled four matches in 2019. Well, that's a little less than one a month, but, you know, could be two worse. In, two in January, and one of those is the Royal Rumble. Two in January, two in April, and then she wrestled, well, no, she she was off in before that. She had wrestled in September and then was done from September to January. Mm, okay. So, again, maybe not. Maybe it's a little premature, but I think... You know, I, I some somehow get the sense, especially since we're dealing with concussions, that she may have wrestled more. She may have won her last women's championship. How about that? that? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's possible. I mean, maybe she's going to win the women tag title somewhere down the line. That's true. But speaking of which, those are not as of yet on the show. I don't know. Well, if that's the probably Kabuki- because Sasha and Bailey are still throwing tantrums. So the the Iconics said something about how they all hugged and celebrated after their match at WrestleMania. So they kind of refuted the rumor that Sasha and Bailey were throwing tantrums, but I, Sasha I honestly, has, and I honestly don't think they were throwing a tantrum. Like if anything, if they were, you can, you can imagine in your heads, two competitors, they wrestle a match. It's a huge venue. You know, there's a lot of pressure on you. You're out there doing something very physical. You go in the back, you're laying on the ground, you're, you're stretching out. You know what I mean? You're just sort of, decompressing after the match and maybe you're you're complaining a little bit loudly about the fact that you had to drop those titles sooner than you really wanted to you really felt like you had more to offer you know what i mean like i can see that being interpreted as a tantrum although misinterpreted i'm not saying that Mm -hmm. actually happened i have no inside information but you know what i mean i just think it's kind of silly uh And and I, I tweet about it because I'm poking the bear that is the Sasha Banks fan club. I love – if this is just time off, you know, you've wrestled for the better part of four or five years nonstop, take a couple months off, come back when we have something for you. That's fantastic. But um it is interesting that she, she has not been – as far as I can tell, she has not been even mentioned on WWE programming since. No, and I do think whatever her situation is – I think that's a Neville situation. Yeah. She's taking her ball. She's going home. 
WWE seems very happy to pay you not to be on TV. Yeah, especially not a competitor's TV. It's true. Um, We're 25 minutes in. We haven't discussed the most important news of the week. Uh, Did you watch the last episode of Firefly Funhouse? I have not seen it. Have you seen the new look? I have not. I heard that there is a mask, but I haven't seen it. Would you like to watch it right now? Okay. should we pause it? I think, no, I, you no, know. no. Hold on. Where is this? Okay. Well, let's 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 cue it up. Let's see here. I got it right here. Pressing. No, this is not it. That is Lana. <laughs> okay, reveals a dark secret. Yes. All right. Let's see. You're a friend. We're not counting down and all pressing play at the same time, but that's okay. Whatever. Yay! I like that he still has that painting up on the wall. Where is he? Where's Bray? Where is he? Is he behind the television? Is he Is he over there? <gasps> hey, they already looked in the corner of that room. How did he end up over there? I it's... had an Afghan just like that at home. Do you? When I was a kid. What's the rabbit's name? Ramblin' Rabbit. He's back. He's not hurt. He's not dead. No. Well, it's, it's fun to be watching this with no sound. <laughs> I wish I could get dreadlocks like that and then shave the side of my head. I wish I had hair in that area. <laughs> it's almost time. But but he can't do it alone, DC. He needs your help. <gasps> All his fireflies, that's me and you. <laughs> I'm with you, Bray. And Abby and Mercy and Rambling Rabbit. How does one warm a soul? I like the sound effects. Boing, boing, boings. Uh oh. Oh man! It just makes me so happy. I've learned. I wonder what the tattoo is on the back of his neck. <laughs> Slow motion. Pigeon. Up, <laughs> oh, we're seeing toys. This looks yep, more like menacing. the House of Horrors. What we got? Darkness. Ooh. Ah, it's a wavy man. He's a clown now. He's got striped pants. Yeah, he's a clown. That is literally a clown mask. I mean, a twisted, awful, horrible, worst clown in existence mask. But he is officially now a clown. It's even worse than the, like, Pennywise. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, that is something. Yowie, wowie. I love that he said it. Yeah. I love that that was part of it. I'm, I'm liking it. Now, the question remains, what happens now? You know, I'm not sure he's going to show up at Money in the Bank unless he's going to go after Roman again, or he's going to insert himself in the universal title picture, which would be amazing. But I think so. But Mm. I love just about anything Bray Wyatt does. But um, what show is he even on? I don't he's not on a show because the the you know they they play those clips on both shows. So I guess he could show up and attack Kofi and it could be New Day versus Bray which would be interesting. I hope we see him on Sunday. I'd okay. be happy if I'd be happy if one of the puppets showed up on the briefcase. <laughs> All of a sudden somebody's climbing up the ladder. There's Ramble and Rabbit. To do. It will climb be. up the ladder. <laughs> I mean, I guess whoever's climbing the ladder could have Ramblin' Rabbit down in his pants. And then (laughs) as long as it's only like three (laughs) rows below, I guess maybe you could do it. But But, uh, regardless, it's it's exciting. It's something new for Bray. It's not just him uh, talking riddles that don't mean anything. Although apparently there was a promo within the promo. Yeah, I'd like to point out that. He revealed that back in 2015, he had a series of promos 
And in each of these promos, there was one sentence that didn't belong and nobody noticed. Do you want to know why, Bray? You want to know why nobody noticed? Because your promos don't make any freaking sense anyways. None of the sentences seem like they ever go together. That's why it didn't look out of the ordinary because literally nothing you say has ever made any sort of coherent consecutive sense. That's why. Okay, Bray? You jackass. <laughs> oh, man, you make me happy. Uh, we don't do predictions and productions, but do you want to, you know, pick the person you hope wins these briefcases? I can run down the names for you. Okay, go for it. Natalia. No. Dana Brooke. Mm. We're talking about hope. I would like to hope that Dana Brooke wins. Naomi. No, thanks. Bailey. Um, maybe. Mandy Rose. Mm, pass. Ember Moon. No, thank you. Carmella. No, no. Nikki Cross. Sure. But honestly, yeah. out of all of those, just again, this is the one that I think has the least chance. Um, <laughs> but I would like to see Dana Brooke come out of this with that briefcase. That would be nice. You know, I think Dana Brooke, she, she's really, she's, I, I know it's still the unpopular opinion, but she is getting better. And, you know, she's really, I think, shown that she's versatile. And I know that sounds ridiculous considering the popular consensus out there. But you got to think about it. Like, I, I hear stories about her. You know, she's out there every night helping set up the ring. And once the ring is set up, she's in the ring practicing. She's trying to get better. She is getting better. She she got that Titus Worldwide gimmick. You know that what was I mean? great. And she, she went did a great out job. there and she owned it. It's not like an Emmalina situation where she went out there and clearly didn't want to be doing. Didn't matter what her personal thoughts were on it. She owned it. She did it well. That was such a weird thing. What? To go from... Yeah. The Emma pose dance thing uh, to then being Emmalina. And I get it. Tennille Dashwood is an attractive woman. And in fairness, um, they didn't go straight there. Either. No, I suppose they went in between. The 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 gimmick with the boss man glasses and the weird gloves. That was that, the one. That was great. That, that was, was the one. The one. And why with. they didn't just lean into that, I'll never know. Yeah. The, this group, you know, for the women, there's four veterans, and yes, I'm throwing Carmella into that group, like four former champions and four not former champions, and I would be happy with really any of them. Like Ember, Moose with, Ember Moon with that briefcase, okay, would be yeah. interesting. Mandy Rose with that briefcase, sure. Yeah, I'm okay. not going to turn it down. I could see her, you know, coming out with a gold briefcase and uh, really putting it in people's faces. I'm talking yeah. about the briefcase. You know, I mean, I think there is definitely an, uh, an obvious storyline there with that character that I think could work. Yeah. Uh, for the men, we've got Sami Zayn. Okay. Ricochet. All right. Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Baron Corbin. No, thank you. Ali. Okay. Finn Balor. No, thank you. Andrade. Okay. And Randall Orton. No, thank you. Um, of those, there was more, I, there was more okays in that one. Yeah, I'd like to see Ali with it, actually. Um, hmm. but I think in terms of real hopes, um, and this is actually, I think maybe the probably one of the more likely winners. I think Drew McIntyre. But run with that briefcase could be very oh, entertaining. Would be good. I, I like similarly with Andrade. Yeah, I love yep. Drew McIntyre. I'm watching, you know, main event because that's what I choose to do with my time. Is I'm watching main event and as long as you're records. happy. Thank you. Um, he's coming out there with three MB, and I've I don't know that I've ever seen a wrestler on WWE television look less excited to be there. Like he it looks just like, look he like wants, his soul had drained out of his butthole. He looks like he wants to like climb the climb over the barricade, borrow somebody's sweatshirt, and disappear into the crowd forever. Yeah, it must have he been just, a difficult time. Yeah, uh, but hey, he's redeemed himself and now appears to be. And again, yeah, I think he's he and Andrade are probably the favorites, though. Sami Zayn, I would I'm, love Sami. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying the. The story, I'm enjoying that character now. 
It's different than Kevin Owens. It's not just, well, we're both heels and friends. It's just mm-hmm, completely mm-hmm. his own. I could see Seth Rollins versus Sami Zayn for the Universal title. It'd be a lot of fun. I'd love to watch that match, except for the Seth Rollins part. But Were you a Caribou Net Show fan? I know that was kind of before no, our time. No, uh, I can't say particularly so, no. So you weren't particularly moved by the death of Tim Conway? Not, I mean, I really have no personal. Did you watch Dorf and Golf or whatever? What? He played some character. I want to say his name was Dorf. I don't know. No. Anyways, I'm not overly familiar with his body of work. Can't say that I am. Sorry. Okay. You? All right. Well, he passed. I, you know, I will occasionally watch bloopers from that show. And, you know, obviously he was hilarious. So just felt like mentioning that. Rest Were in you, peace. Um, let's see. I don't believe – I believe the rumors of Ric Flair's, you know, major medical emergency have completely disappeared. So – So emails? I guess. I just wanted to make sure we covered everything that we needed to cover. But yeah, I believe podcast at ddtwrestling.com. We've got seven, the lucky seven emails. Mm-hmm. Uh our first one comes from Danielle, subject line, I actually remembered to email. Hey guys, the majority of the spring semester is wrapping up and I can also attest to counting down to the start of summer, just like DC mentioned last week. Today's wrestling question is about the wildcard rule from Raw this week. Can we pause for a second? Yes, we may. I feel like we maybe I read this email. We didn't read this email on the show, did we? I don't think so. No, we did. Because if you go back. Okay. She sent the exact same email she sent on May 9th, which we did read. If you go to our if you go to our Gmail huh. page, they, there's Danielle. That. So, Danielle, you sent us the same one because we talked about the wild card. We talked about summer <laughs> trips and summer <laughs> plans. <laughs> I would have read it again. But, yeah, she sent us the exact same email twice. Okay. So, maybe, maybe she – Typed it out twice and yeah, no, it's the same email. So sorry, Danielle. Um, since I'm not watching regularly, I don't really give a darn about the wild card. I think it's a nice idea, but people seem to think they're already, you know, pushing it into the ground and doing it a lot. So, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll skip on to Brandon's and this is universal titles and other ramblings. Clearly, both of you want the brand split to end. That's not true. And all titles to be unified. Also untrue. In theory, the titles all being unified is a great idea, but you must consider the company we're talking about and the ability or lack thereof to sustain interesting storylines. At least with more titles, there's an excuse to watch a match in which title is on the line, theoretically speaking. Take titles away, and what are competitors really in the ring against each other for? If they do start unifying titles, they better start coming up with storylines, which bring heat between characters and competitors. Or not, it's not like much interesting is happening lately anyways. Out of my favorite things now is trying to figure out how the two of you will get to the title of the show. Last week, for instance, by listening, I couldn't figure out when or where Super Potato would come from. Once it was finally brought up, I got a good chuckle out of it. Feels like you guys have been on a really... On a run of really good shows, keep up the work sent from my iPhone. Why, thank you. And what the uh, funny thing is, I also feel like we've been on a run of good shows. And the thing that's, I think, the most hilarious part about it is we, these last few shows, have been talking more about wrestling than we have probably in the last four months. Yeah. Um, I It's just, maybe we really should be pushing as a wrestling show. It's because I, I think I mentioned this before. Everybody else is now turning away from wrestling shows. And everybody's like, oh, man, DC and Doc were way ahead of that. And now we're actually leaning back into the wrestling just as like the New Age Insiders are getting out. Isn't that weird? We're so far ahead that we're we going are. back to the sinking ship. No, because I think it's going to double back. When AEW starts sh- doing shows on TNT and there's actual multiple promotions to cover, yeah. everyone's going to come back around. You're probably We are right. ahead of the curve because we don't, by and large, care yeah. about, about, you know. The community. 
no, <laughs> that's not me, true. But I, I meant, I meant Twitter, like the the Twitter yes. tides. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. We are doing, you know, Kevin Smith had that time when he didn't think he was going to direct anymore. And on every podcast, he was talking about, you don't go where the puck is, you go where the puck is heading. Right. And I think we just kind that, of. That's, innate- a, that's a hockey strategy. I don't know if you knew that. It is. It comes from hockey. It does. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I know you got sports. your sports. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we kind of see where things are going. And like, you know, we knew a while ago that. Everyone's talking about wrestling. Let's talk about something else. And now people are doing that. And we're like, hey, wrestling's about to get really interesting. So Let's talk there about you go. That. We officially declare this podcast is DDT wrestling again. I think we will I'm, go back and forth and pivot around. But I think I'm we've glad had. I didn't change that email address. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have different things going on. But I do agree. And, you know, I try to keep track of the topics of conversations. And I do think that's kind of funny because I could not think for the life of me because I try to keep track, but if I don't write it down Uh in the time it takes me to export and then to get ready to send the file to you, that's exactly, that's exactly the reason why I asked you to start keeping track and writing it down because by the time I got done editing it and went to go write what we talked about, I I forgot. No, No, I had no idea. (laughs) Yes. I had no idea. Yeah, I was like, I I seem to recall. I knew I wanted it to be called Super Potato, but I couldn't remember what Super Potato was, and I had to sit and think about it and be like, Oh yeah, Kaiju Big Battle. There's a wrestler called oh, Super yeah. Potato. I was gonna say right now, I couldn't remember why we called it yeah. Super Potato. Kaiju Big Battle. All right, uh, but yes. Yeah, so Brandon, thank you. Um, you know, I just looked it up. There, like I said, eleven matches. One, two, three, four. Six of them are for titles, and two of them are for briefcases. So of the 11 matches on Sunday, only three of them are for story. Yeah, and and I mean, I think Brandon actually has a good point. I think I've said this on the show before, so of course I think it's a good point. But um, yes, titles are easy storytelling, right? There's a a logical reason for people to feud. You don't have to do anything other than have a guy come out there and say, you have gold. I want gold. We fight now. You know My wife mean? loves gold. Yes. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much, <laughs> Mr. Nash. Um, yeah, so that's exactly it. It's a built-in storyline. And yes, they're very convenient. And I, maybe we gave you the wrong impression last week, but I don't want the brand split to end. I want the brand split to be healthy and full. And I want there to be two very different shows when Raw and SmackDown are on different networks in the fall. I'm not sure I'm going to get that, but that's what I want, actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think the titles being unified would be good and bad because I think there's some unification might be in order. I think we talked maybe about only having one uh, male tag team belt, just like there's only one female tag team belt, only because right now I do think there's too many titles for them to actually adequately address them all on all of their shows. Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder. Yeah. And I think like didn't the last show not even have a tag match on it from one of the champions. I don't what's there. I understand that there are probably too many belts. Um, I like the idea of universal titles, men's women's men's tag team, women's tag team, um, at least those four. And they can go, you know, they talk about the wild card. Well, you know who can go between shows? Your champions can go right. between shows. You know, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan can show up on Raw and get in the face of the Viking Raiders. And that can be a cool moment because Eric Rowan used to be known as Eric the Viking and he, they all have beards and Daniel I mean, Bryan and wears the furry can, goat boots. You can already see the cowardly heel shtick, you know, where it's like you're expecting uh, – I know he's not a heel right now, but you can see the Miz going out there on Raw or in SmackDown just being like, oh, I know I'm supposed to be here to defend my title, but uh, I can't compete tonight because Alex Riley, who doesn't even work for this company anymore, <laughs> he wanted to compete so badly I figured I'd let him do it in my place and you know what i mean and like you finally come to that night of champions where you know the the two champions have to face each other you know what i mean like there's there's, it's just it's such an obvious story that you could tell so easily um i think i don't know there's there there's there is there are stories there to be mined i guess is my point but i don't know all right our next email what's going on there we go comes from glenn changing of the guard 
Hi guys, a missive from the sunny border between England and Scotland with news of AEW signing up to a deal with TNT and ITV, a major British broadcaster showing double or nothing in the UK on pay-per-view. Do you think that they are finally a company that could compete with the WWE dominance? Thanks for the birthday, which is, as always, your bestie, Glenn. No. I think we covered this earlier in the show. I, I do think that the deal in Britain and you got being able to watch that paper for $15 yeah. is well, 15 pounds euros. I don't even know. I don't know what it is anymore. It's a How's pound Brexit sign. thing going. Cause I don't even know. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I think that in the U S I think TNT is a good deal, but they're making it difficult to consume the pay-per-views. And I don't think that that's going to work out for them in terms yeah. of becoming competitive with WWE right now. AEW is more likely to be TNA than WCW. Agreed. You know, there was some competition-ish between WWE and TNA, but WWE never really addressed it on camera. They never had to. Well, that's it. You know what I mean? If Mm -hmm. if AEW really wants to compete, like seriously compete, best of luck to them. If they're happy being an alternative. Yeah. Yeah then that's great. They're going to do very well if they're happy to just be an alternative. Um, Hey, Doc, did you watch Creep yet? Sorry, Jeremy. I have not. All right. I am reading a book that's entirely in Spanish, though. Por qué? I'm trying to do research on an early filmmaker who does not have much information available for him online. Um, So... I wanted to go and do some actual research for this show beyond what you can find in a Wikipedia article. I'm actually trying to bring brand new information out to light as part of the history of horror movies that I will be retelling in Horrid. Muy bien. Si, senor. I took one year of Spanish. Yeah, I feel like I took one year of Spanish. Uh, our good buddy Mitchell, who we have mentioned on this podcast multiple times, the good T.C. Clockworth online education. It's multiple paragraphs, so I'll take the lead on this one. So I know I had mentioned to you all earlier that at this point in my life, I've been considering high school social studies as an alternate career path. I've officially decided to pursue that, and I am now getting enrolled in some undergrad courses I need to take to meet the prerequisites. It's just three more classes. So it's not so bad. I'm always a fan of people getting more education, Mitchell, so good for you. Now, this entire process will be online, so I thought this would be a fun opportunity for you all to discuss the merits and shortcomings of online education, or even how technology has changed education in general. In short, I feel like if executed correctly, it takes nothing away from my experience and only adds convenience. But if executed poorly, it nearly defeats the purpose of the class at all. My online seminary classes were great because I still sat through full classes and heard discourse lectures, even if they were pre-recorded. But it was great because I could listen to them almost like they were podcasts, while doing other routine tasks like cleaning or walking my dog. But then some of the gen ed classes I took online during my undergrad were just sad and basically learning to regurgitate quotes and phrases from cue cards and textbooks. As far as technology in general, I'm not completely aware. I heard you, I heard tell of younglings now being educated off of Chromebooks or iPads instead of textbooks, but I've not experienced it. I suppose I did experience the shifts from floppy drives to USB drives and ultimately to the cloud, but those were all good changes. What are your thoughts? Now, I'm interested to hear your thoughts because you are a scientist, and I just recently, as of yesterday, walked through your fantastic labs with their dishwashers and everything. So I can't imagine, from a science perspective, online courses are really that either prevalent or great. What do you think? I think that online courses are a very convenient um way to i i think in the best case scenario are very are very convenient way to supplement information from a lecture style course 
but are wholly inadequate in terms of providing practical training that you would receive from a lab environment. Yeah. I I think the fact that you have all of these like iTunes universities, like people, you're, they, people are publishing college courses for free to those who are interested in taking them. And I don't think that's a bad thing. In fact, I think that's yeah. great. MOOCs. Hmm? MOOCs. Is that the Massively company? open online courses. Oh, like MMOs, but college courses. Exactly. Uh, we're going to go raid the history department. Um, you know, as a, as a history major and, a, and an education major, there's some, you know, there's something to that. Um, you know, my mother-in-law teaches at a university and she teaches some online courses and it, you know, she records her lectures and people complete assignments, but it can't be the only thing. Like, I always wonder about those completely online, un- like, yeah. what was, what was the name? I mean, like Phoenix? Is that one? Yeah, I mean? the university. I was like Arizona State. Yeah. No, that's an actual college. Yeah. I mean, broadly speaking, I think online courses. Um, this is not necessarily what I think, actually, but this is a um, opinion that I have heard espoused anyways, that the online courses prevent students from learning that timelines and deadlines matter um when you don't have to actually show up to a lecture on time and you can go online and you can watch it whenever you want and you can do it from the beach or your bedroom or wherever and not really pay attention i think it in some ways culturally makes it seem like it's okay to a not focus on the material and b um, treat it as though, oh, well, this is my time and I can do it whenever. Um, and there are some courses for whom the timelines and deadlines are actually, I think, sort of part of the curriculum. You know what I mean? Especially when you start talking about people who are on pre-med tracks or even in med tracks, like there is something to the idea that you have to have this done at this time and you need to conform to this schedule there's there's a certain amount of training there that is going to be relevant to your career later um that i think people can miss out on um in 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 a society that says oh yeah we're serving we're serving it up when it's convenient for you you know what i mean so i, I think there is so again, I'm not sure I really believe that. I don't keep saying I as I'm explaining that, but that is something I've heard expressed. And I think there is some something to yeah. that, although I think that maybe that's a little overstated to some degree. To me, I'm like, you know what? We've had a conversation on a show recently about college and changing things and our feelings on general education classes. If they could offer general education classes online, like if I'm taking the fundamentals of nutrition, which is a course I took, oddly enough, um, and you know I'm doing it because I need to satisfy a science requirement and that technically qualifies as a science class and I want to take that online, I don't see that being a huge problem. But I think Mitchell, it gets you- sticky though, only because technically speaking, like – you know, my course is a biology lab course. Yeah, okay, it's necessary for biology majors, but it's still a gen ed for many other programs. Does that become yeah, but, okay but if you're going, just because you have a different major? But you're going to you're going to a lab. Like, are you saying, you know, so you obviously you can't do the lab online. Do you think it is important to attend the lecture part? in person as well it depends but i think it can be important don't get me wrong if if your lecture is nothing but a talking head at the front of the room with a podium or a powerpoint like yeah they're not bringing anything to that experience that you can't get from an online course a video what recording whatever but if they're doing something even remotely incorporating modern pedagogical practices where They have good active learning techniques. They're polling you, um, you know, with questions that you receive real-time feedback that are shaping the discussion. Like, there is value in having that live audience for the lecturer. 
because it becomes a two-way street. You begin to understand whether or not the people you are interacting with are understanding the topics that you think you are explaining to them. And when you see in real time the results of these polling questions that show they didn't understand that, well, you have to be able to you know, think on your feet and come up with a different way of re-explaining that you lose that interaction when it goes completely online sure. at least in the t- not i mean there are ways i think to do it online but by and large when you say online we're talking about pre-recorded videos um, yeah and that's or what audio I'm talking you about know here. mitchell's talking about taking some of these classes as podcasts you know you're out walking your dog and you're listening to you know the the lecture was posted on wednesday you're listening to it on saturday morning before right. the next wednesday class you're not going to be able to do that now maybe you this shows like a an online collaborative webcam software where there's one window for the professor and there's 20 other windows, all the students who are, and they're actively talking and engaging to each other. That's a very different scenario. That's not what I'm talking about. No. Well, Um, then again, maybe, you know, maybe this shows how long it's been since I've been in a college class because the college classes I remember sitting in did not have that. You know, this is the times that we're living in. I think there's a there are certain classes that work for online. Maybe there's certain parts of classes that work for online. But as someone who is going to be an education major, you need to get into the classroom. You need to get those experiences. You need to be sitting down with other teachers who are having similar experiences. Like that part you can't do online. Well, but again, I think you can do it online. But I don't think that many online courses – are delivered in a way that would be conducive to the experience that you're describing. I think it is possible, but I don't think it's the status quo. When you talk about online courses in general, it's typically not what we're talking about. Um, And that said, all of my labs are run on iPads um, now. So all the quizzes, all the assignments, they do it all in lab on iPads. And that's actually pretty cool. Um, We don't let them take that stuff home. Because we want them to still perform in person. The online stuff, there's not enough security. You have no idea who's on the other end of that device. You let them take sure. a quiz at home yeah. outside of class time. There are some courses that do that, but our, us personally, we don't subscribe to that. No. Education needs to incorporate technology. From my level, working with small children, to the university level. But I don't know that we can replace education with complete 100% technology. It's not yeah, necessarily no, the work. iPads are a tool that we yes. use because now I can put all my quiz questions online and you can, you can have an algorithm that selects from those pools of questions. And instead of relying on a TA to put together something where yes, the best practice would be to randomize these questions from section to section, but people are lazy. So I'm just going to use the same quiz on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And my students hear about that. And by the time we get to Thursday, the quiz is skewed by 20 percentage points because what's going to be on the quizzes out there. So now we're, but so we're talking about being able to truly um, standardize at least in term. We, well, it's really weird to say it this way. You're bringing consistency to the randomization of the course. You know what yes. I mean? And um, that's a good thing. And now you don't have to have um, students, TAs, graduate students, making those quizzes, spending time doing that. They would have because then they have to send those to some. And the way we had to set up anyways, they would send them to me. I would have to edit them. I would send them to my staff who would print them, who would bring them to the copier, who would make the Xeroxes. Like the number of man hours that we have gotten back just on that side of it mm-hmm. using these electronic um, devices is amazing. And then never mind on the grading side of it, because now don't get me wrong. You, I, I don't think you should ask every single question is something that can be automatically graded. Like you need to have long answer questions. You need to have short answers where people can explain to you things. But, you know, I think any quiz is going to be balanced for uh, of many different question types, you know, multiple choice, true and false, multiple um, selections, fill in the blanks, calculations. All those are question types that you can automatically grade now. And so you can take, again, uh, uh, the pressure off of the graduate assistant and let them actually focus on instead of going through all that busy work and checking. Oh, yeah. OK, everybody should have A in this one. Everybody has B for this. Like they can actually spend time to more fully grade those long answer style questions and give useful feedback 
to the student with the same amount of time that they were putting in before on questions that were pointless, uh, at least in terms of, you know, providing that feedback. So I think overall, moving to the iPads has been a fantastic boon for us. But again, you have to use them smartly. They have to be a tool. They're not just, this is the course, plug into it. You're such a teacher. Just listen to you. I have no teaching experience. I understand that. However, what you just described, if I go back and take that snippet of audio and play it for educators, they're going to be like, wow, give that guy a trophy. He's amazing. Yeah. No, did I tell you that? I was thinking about applying to a job and I talked to a couple of people on the search committee because I happen to know them. And they told me that I was not a good candidate because I had no teaching experience. Was it a, like an elsewhere job, like move out of your current setting or stay in the current setting, just a different title? Yeah, that. Okay. And I'm like, you do realize I create all the curriculum. I create all the assignments. I create all of the assessments. I implement all of the educational technology. I have designed these courses, basically. But because I'm not the instructor of record, I have no teaching experience and I'm unqualified to teach. Play on this podcast. I have an excellence in teaching award. And I still have no teaching experience. That's the world we live in, folks. Just wanted to throw that out there. I was even going to mention, you know, what happens if you need a new copier and the guy won't get back to you? Did that ever get rectified? Do you figure yes. out why he didn't show up at the meeting? Yeah, because he's an asshole. But I saw oh. him today. So, okay. Um, speaking of a holes, hey Chris Hawk, uh, <laughs> does Doc know that? My <laughs> now that's a transition. Have I ever heard one? Does Segway. Doc? Does Doc know that money in the bank is this weekend? Sent from my iPhone. Yes, he does. I do. Would now. he have known? Would he have known yes. that before we talked about it? I don't know. Yeah. Our uh, final email of the evening comes from our good friend Rachel. Almost two weeks ago, I went to lunch with Doc and Mrs. Manson. I was told he would try to remember to shout it out on the pod, and it was not shout out, shouted it outed. So I like to tell everyone I enjoy being closer to you guys, DC. I expect to see you more as well now that I am local to the Manson Manor. Um, how local is she? Is she living in your spare bedroom? That's what I want to know. <laughs> no, no. She lives closer than she did before, but it's um, still, I think, on the other side of the mall that we would frequent. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, hey, who knows? And yes, Rachel, sorry, sorry, I did not remember to shout it out, but that's honestly why I say that every time, because I have the worst freaking memory in the world. I was, yeah, I told you, and when I said, when, and when we talked about it in person, I told you to email if you actually wanted that shout out. So I, I'm I feel it down, zero I'm writing guilt. it down and we'll send this to you. Maybe she will get even a written shout out in the notes. So oh. she'll get a double shout out. No, let's not make promises that I can't necessarily keep. Well, I'm going to put it in there. Whether or not you choose to keep it is your choice. As long as you send it to me in the email, but... That's what I'm saying. All right. What's your piece of positivity? My piece of positivity is... Man, I don't know. Would you like me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. I'm wearing it. It's right here. Uh, I went to um, the north... Man, my hair looks awful. I went to the north and I went to a country store. And at this country store that I used to frequent a lot as a kid, uh, they had hats and they had large hats. And GQ and I will tell you when you are someone with a very large head, uh, finding a hat that fits comfortably is difficult. And so I, I put one on. And it was a double XL and it fit very nicely and I was very happy with it. And I looked at the price and I said, no. <laughs> so I did what any good American would do. Took my phone and I took a picture of the label and then I came home and I went on Amazon and I found it for $15 cheaper and I bought it. So uh, GQ. You have a hat. What? You have a hat. So GQ, your uh, the secret word of the day is mucros, mucros. I'll spell it for you. 
M-U-C-R-O-S, that is a weaver's workshop based out of Killarney, Ireland. Uh, they'll have hats that fit your head, GQ. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you'll have the money to buy a hat. It's not super expensive, but you have ki- – you've got kids like Keith Slater. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> get yourself a nice chapeau. All right. But, uh, nice. Thank you to Thank you to these Irish – Irishman who uh, made me this hat. Now it's your turn. Yeah, I still don't know. Like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'll, just... I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Okay. Um, you were in the middle of a boring day filled with meetings yesterday, <laughs> and your good buddy sends you a text that says, I think I'm standing outside of your building. And we go back and forth with an Abbott and Costello routine until I'm like, I'm in the engineering building. I don't know if this is the I right also place. Realized afterwards, I gave you the wrong room number. <laughs> My office I, was not the room that I told you it was. Well, and I like the fact that, you know, uh, the first floor is technically sub-level. So I went to what I would have said was the first floor, and I walked around for a while until I realized, no, all the numbers say two. I'm on the second floor. So I had to go down the now stairs. That's typically how that works. You kind of just have to look at the numbers and determine yeah. where you are. So, you know, after five or ten minutes of fumbling around, uh, yeah, I, I paid you a visit. We we looked at the labs. We chatted about the world. Um you know, I you irritated. saw the fetal pigs come in little baggies where they're hugging. They are. It's adorable and yeah. creepy all at the same time. Um, I yeah. irritated your wife because I didn't tell her I was in the neighborhood. I wasn't there for that long. I was there for like maybe 20 minutes. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, she knows that you don't like her, so it's all right. I do like her. It's just I like you more and <gasps> yes, I was heading in your direction. All right. If I had gone Fair in enough. the other direction, I would have passed her building. That's true. So. Um, so yeah, so that's what I will suggest for your piece of positivity. Yeah, DC is Matthews that... is my piece of positivity this week. Yes, I deserve more praise. Uh, all right, I think you just got it. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. All you right, know who cool. deserves more praise is you, listener. You, you who supports us by sending your emails. You supports us who by listening. You who supports us by heading to our Patreon page, uh, Patreon.com/slash. Are you taking over the outro from me? No. Although I suppose I am <laughs> just a little bit. Sorry. The Although I'd like to point out, somebody dropped. We're down to only twenty nine dollars a month. No! It's still the same number of patrons, but that's okay. You know what? It's okay. We're still happy. That you're there. Yeah, I'm I'm super psyched. As I said before, I consider that Patreon a success every month that we have more than $25. And even then, I really consider it a success if anybody at all decides it's worth contributing to. So I'm quite pleased. Yeah. So, you know, people contribute what they can, and that's really all we ask. So uh, thank you. I'm not going to say any more because uh, Doc Manson, anything else you'd like to say before we head out into that good night? I mean, you can send us an email, although DC kind of already said that, but you Sorry. can do it by sending one to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Uh, since this is DDT Wrestling Podcast again, uh, I guess I don't have to change that email address, so you can keep it in your address books just as it is. If you liked this episode and you'd like to listen to our entire back catalog, you can do so by going to ddtpod.com or to your podcast repository of choice such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you? You can head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT Wrestling to send a bit of money to DC and Doc to help us financially support the podcast. It keeps the lights on and the podcast train a-chugging. You ruined my entire flow, DC. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, you know, you give me a little bit of praise and make me your piece of positivity and my head gets big and I need a bigger hat and I got to do all of I'm know, Doc start. Manson at Doc Manson. He's DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our besties? You deserve that. <laughs>